This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment at My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. And joining me, here's a special surprise for you guys, Elizabeth Reese. Good afternoon. My first time ever co-hosting this show. I can't believe show. that. You, I was just saying we've never hosted a show on the radio together. No, no. You've been gracious enough to have me uh, join you on Twin Cities Live on a number of occasions. So this will be basically the same thing. We just are going to do it for three hours instead of one. <laughs> this sounds great. I know it's never kind of worked with my schedule. And so today I was able to make it work. I'll have to scoot out a little bit early to get ready for Twin Cities Live no at three o'clock. But um, other than that, I feel like I've conquered a mountain. The My Talk 1071 mountain. Now that I've finally been able to co-host every single show. Well, uh, let's see how you feel at the end of the experience. <laughs> In the meantime, let's conquer the mountain of pop culture let's with the it. three at 12.03. Ryan's also behind the board today. Thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Let's... Uh, Find out what's uh, behind door number three. Give me three! You got it! It's the three. I'll need three things. At 12.03. Three. That's a magic number. They're going to be talking about three things. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. What does it all mean? Here's what we have for you behind door number three. Oh, God. I feel so full. What do we got? When you eat Thanksgiving dinner... Mm. You were just talking about having like four Thanksgivings, Elizabeth. I like to maximize Thanksgiving. Well, you could probably uh, do to to invest uh, in some stretchy pants this holiday season. Boom, got maternity pants ready to go. Well, on that note, Stovetop has decided to uh, give you some more options. Let's have a listen. Having Thanksgiving dinner with your family and enjoying a second serving of a delicious home-cooked meal. But afterwards, you feel stuck and restricted in your uncomfortable jeans, khakis, or slacks. (laughs) You try to unbutton your pants for relief, but they're too tight. You're trapped. Stop the frustration and the embarrassment. The solution is here. Introducing Stovetop Thanksgiving Dinner Pants. This is the stuff Thanksgiving is made of and the perfect way to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner in comfort and style. Stovetop Thanksgiving Dinner Pants with their non-patented stuff and stretch waistband allow you to eat in comfort. Based on the same technology used in astronauts' underpants, they can expand to nearly two times their original size. Wow! The upscale styling seems to be imported from Milan or Italy, but these high-fashion dinner pants are designed in the USA and look great on men and women of all ages. Ooh-wee! You could try to make your own stretchy pants, but bags of rubber bands can cost tens of dollars. And unbuttoned pants can result in shameful injury or worse. (laughs) Oh, no. With so many uses, they don't just fashion, they function. Dress your kiddo as a Thanksgiving centerpiece. All right, so what do you think of stove top? Turkey I pants. love it. I also want to go down on the record as saying that Stovetop makes the best stuffing that you can possibly get. It's true. And mucking around with some homemade thing. While will it will be tasty, it is not that much better than Stovetop ever. Stovetop is so 
ridiculously good. And every Thanksgiving, I think, why am I not eating this year round? Well, and this is a thing, and we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about Thanksgiving food, but this is a, the issue that I have with uh, when people try to get too fancy on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. I don't need your like curated stuffing recipe. <laughs> Just give me some stove. Give th- me some, some stove top and call it a day. I love the idea of Thanksgiving stretchy pants. I love that stovetop is having fun with it. It's a brilliant marketing move. It's so cute. But um, if you just get maternity pants, you'll always have stretchy pants. They basically pants on are hand. maternity pants. Yeah, that's Unfortunately, totally the stovetop pants have sold out. Oh so. my gosh. They were actually real pants? I mean, according to this website, I don't know for real, but um, <laughs> if they were, they are now sold out according to the website. Oh and, man. Uh, you know, you'll live another day. You can get maternity pants. Just go to your local Target and you can get yourself some Staples stretchy some maternity pants that you think, why am I not wearing these all the time anyway? Leggings. I kind of want that. Oh, right. it's where it's at. It's like Joey from Friends and his Thanksgiving pants. All right, door number two. Behind door number two, let's see what we've got. Um, Elizabeth, this is not going to be as fun and uh-oh. exciting as stovetop pants. Uh-oh. Uh, well, we need to talk about a lady who's talking about Louis C.K., her uh. experience with uh, the uh, comedian who did something inappropriate. And I should just uh, warn you, there's a word that is a little, you know, Maybe not the best word, but... Okay. Okay. Well, I think we can take it. Yeah. It was just actually sort of common knowledge in the comedy world. People made jokes about it all the time. I was walking to set to shoot my scene, and he approached me and got really close to my face and said, can I ask you something? And I said, yes. He said, can I uh, masturbate in front of you in your dressing room? I wanted to sort of pretend like it never happened. I mean... I wanted to do my job. Those opportunities are few and far between. I most certainly didn't want to be the person that was responsible for shutting down a production. If I could do anything differently, it would be that day I would have shut down production, I would have confronted it, and I would have dealt with it then. Because I have learned that doing nothing, saying nothing, that is not helpful. When you're that powerful and you're generating that kind of money, and you can literally knight someone's life by giving them a show, that's what's going to happen. So that's comedian Rebecca Corey, and she was speaking there about her run-in with Louis C.K. You know, we've talked about this. You brought this uh, story to the Dirt Alert. Um, The thing that I found interesting, and and let me know um, your thoughts as well, Elizabeth, but the thing I found interesting was that they did, uh, the producers on that particular show, and if I remember correctly, it's, what's her name from Friends? It was Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Yeah, Yeah, they were producing that. They actually said, do you want us to shut down production? Right. Um, and gave her the option. Now, we can talk about the that, right? Because I feel like maybe that wasn't the best position to put her in. No, that's a tough spot to put her in. You're totally right, and that's the difference between I think how this would be handled today versus how it would be ha- handled then. So Rebecca Corey is saying this is what happened. Courtney Cox and David Arquette say this is horrible. This is terrible. This should not have happened to you. We can shut down production. What should do you want us to do that? And of course, Rebecca Corey is going to say, I don't want to be the one responsible for shutting yeah. down this whole production when everybody here is relying on this for their jobs. Now, I'm going to look like the jerk when Louis C.K. is really the jerk. Yeah. Right. But that's the perspective shift that I think will happen now, because now it's not. Do you want us to shut down production? It's we're shutting down production and Louis C.K., it's your fault. And. Now we have to figure out how to go forward because of what you did, not that alternate, 
you know, and I don't think that Courtney Cox and David Arquette were malicious in how they handled it. I'm sure they handled it they the best way thought, they knew how. Exactly. But now we just know better, right? They, they probably thought, you know, they were going above and beyond by, you know, letting her know if she was uncomfortable, they would shut down production. Yeah, they were horrified, yeah. I'm sure. Totally horrified, as so many other people were. You know, John Stewart talking about how he just cannot believe that he feels like he didn't even know his friend. I'll get to more details on that coming up in the Dirt Alert on um, what Jon Stewart has to say about Louis C.K. Awesome, and I wish that were the last uh, sexual uh, assault story we were going to talk about at 3 to 3, but let's get right to number one. And here it is behind door number one. All right, uh, I don't mean to bring down the room, you guys. It's but, a, yeah, you don't uh, make up the news, you I'm just not deliver responsible. it. Don't kill the messenger. But we, we need to hear from, I thought this audio was probably the most emotional, grabbing, oh, well, that's a poor choice of yeah, words, but yeah. a, just a very captivating a personal account of what sexual assault is like. And in this particular case, it's the woman who came forward to uh, accuse uh, or allege that uh, Roy Moore, who's running for the Senate in Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, sexually assaulted her when she was a teenager. He stopped the car and he parked his car in between the dumpster and the back of the restaurant where there were no lights. The area was dark and it was deserted. I, I was alarmed and I immediately asked him what he was doing. <laughs> Instead of answering my questions, Mr. Moore reached over and began groping me and putting his hands on my breast. I tried to open my car door to leave, but he reached over and he locked it so I could not get out. I tried fighting him off while yelling at him to stop. But instead of stopping, he began squeezing my neck, attempting to force my head onto his crotch. I thought that he was going to rape me. I was twisting, and I was struggling, and I was begging him to stop. I had tears running down my face. At some point, at some point, he gave up. And he then looked at me and he told me, he said, you're just a child. And he said, I am the district attorney of Etowah County. And if you tell anyone about this, no one will ever believe you. So again, oh my gosh, that is that hard just, to listen to. It really is. I mean, it makes me cry to listen to that. I, when I uh, listened to it again this morning, I thought, like, maybe we should just play a clip. And I was like, no, the reason that it, I don't want to play the whole thing is because it's very uncomfortable, which right. is, I think, why it's important. Because think of all the women who have been victims of sexual uh, assault and harassment who are not willing to be that open. I know. And I think you really can hear what it uh, is like. And it, I think it also dispels the notion that this woman is like, making stuff up well, for the purpose gosh, of money or publicity. I know. Come on. This woman is is almost 56 years. She's 56 years old today. It's her birthday. She's 56 years old. And I think that's such a telling point to understand that at 56 years old, something that happened to you 40 years ago mm-hmm. at 16, she is struggling with it every single day. And that is what I think 
is so important to hear about the gravity of sexual assault, how sexual assault is not something that you just get over or mm-hmm. that it impacts your life for the rest of your life. And you have to reconcile that and your relationships going forward for the rest of your life. I think her perspective is so, so important. That is brave of her to share that. Man. Absolutely. And, um, you know, remember that some other things in that particular story, because, you know, people have come out and said she's lying. She's making it up. You can't believe her. Why would you wait 40 years? Uh, In an interview that I heard the other day, uh, friends of hers were saying she's had this story with her and has shared this story many times over the years. And uh, whenever he has uh, had a uh, a career a win, yeah. Um, people have asked her to come forward, and she's not willing because she said, "What is it going to do? What's it going to do? What's it going to matter? Finally, Who's going to believe this me?" This woman feels like she can be believed after forty years. It took all of this, you know. And, and you, I just give the women who accused Bill Cosby so much credit because they were were the ones who really went through the ringer with this. Yep. I mean, they were the ones that laid the groundwork for then the Harvey Weinstein women to be believed. Because look at what the Bill Cosby women went through. Yep. I mean, if you don't if you believe that 60 women are lying and telling a story about Bill Cosby, then you're the person who believes that this woman is lying and you need to really redefine what's going on. And I think, too, it'll be interesting. Maybe when we get more time, when the active allegations stop uh, or trickle or at least subside somewhat in in popular news. Unfortunately, it will go on for a long time. I, I hope there's a moment where we can look back at because think about growing up. All of the scandals that involved men sleeping, uh, having, you know, either adulterous relationships or being accused of sexual assault and harassment. I hope we'll go back and redress some of those women's um, characters Mm -hmm. and because I feel like we used to just be so focused on the woman who, you know, was claiming uh, a particular allegation. She had to prove herself. Yeah. And we were so harsh on her character, her personal life. And oh, oh, has she slept with other people? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I I feel like we all uh, have some responsibility in that, that hopefully, you know, people can go back and account for. Oh, I'm glad we played that whole thing. But boy, that's hard to hear. It's hard to hear, but it's needed to hear. The good news is uh, we're going to take a break so you can take a deep breath. But when we come back, Elizabeth, you've got uh, a number of stories that you want to share with us for the Dirt Alert. The Dirt Alert, including Spice Girls. Why, Victoria Beckham, are you such a downer? We'll discuss next in the Dirt Alert. Okay, we'll (laughs) be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese is here with all the latest from Hollywood. She's going to tell us about the Spice Girls in just a moment. You're listening to the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer, and are we going to finally get a Spice Girls reunion, Elizabeth? No, because Victoria oh. Beckham is a downer. So this is what TMZ is reporting. This is their top story today, that they're inching closer to a full-on comeback. But Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Posh Spice does not want to be part of it. Sources close to her continue to say she will not be involved in any possible Spice Girls reunion. They're said to be releasing a new album in 2018 and making an appearance on a TV special. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. But Victoria and her camp have not been part of the talks. No one has even reached out to them to try to get them to join negotiations. She's so busy working on her fashion line, she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And you know, the bummer is that... I I get that she's moved on and she wants to do something different and she's married to David Beckham and she's got like her buckets and buckets of money and she lives in L.A. and whatever. But like, I just hate when people distance themselves from what made them famous. I think that you should just embrace it and like it and have fun with it. And she would have a good time. Be a girl's girl. And it's not going to be for the rest of your life. It's not going to be every year. It's going to be a one-time thing. You're going to do it and you're going to have fun and everybody's going to be like, Yeah, or then do it again like on the 20-year reunion or something. Like, just have fun with it. Uh, I went to a Spice Girls concert when I was in high school with my friends from high school. And we all dressed up as a different Spice Girl to go to the concert. And I dressed as Posh. Oh. Yes. I don't know which... Spice Girl, I would have been probably. Would you be Scary Spice? Would you be Sporty Spice? Would you be? You're sporty. Old Spice. Ginger Spice. <laughs> yeah. You'd be Old Spice. Now, now I would. Yeah. And you'd smell amazing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be like Gay Spice. I don't know. Is there there was such a not thing? a Gay Spice, but if you wanted to add a Gay Spice, maybe we should look for suggestions of who the fifth Spice should be, since Posh won't be there. There you go. And gay Spice could be it. I love that. It'd be just That's the Spice idea. Girls and Bradley. See, now this is just one re- like whoever's marketing this experience needs to get behind that. Like, totally. fine, she's not going to be there. Let's find another spice. Let's, yeah, find another spice. A different spice. Okay, John Stewart, uh, angry with Louis C.K. over this sexual harassment, and I would call it sexual assault scandal. I yeah. mean, what he did to women was yeah. assaulting them. Uh, John Stewart says he is angry and he is stunned. That his friend Louis C.K. sexually harassed women for years, and he says that he hasn't talked to him about it. He said uh, to the Today Show, you feel anger at what he did to people. I was stunned. Uh, he says, I know Louis. He's always been a gentleman to me, which I think speaks to the blindness that a man has. You give your friends a benefit of the doubt, but you find yourself back to a moment of, did I miss something? Could I have done more? And in this situation, I think we all could have. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like, if you're a guy, like, of course, you know, Louis C.K., you weren't going to know because I know. he's not going to be like, hey, you know what I did last night? Well, it's just the same thing with with any sort of, you know, terrible offense. Like, I'm sure there are lots of murderers out there and you go, <laughs> I had no idea that he was murdering people. He seemed people. like a real nasty man. I know, exactly. It is interesting, though, John Stewart, um, when you talk about, like, what has the climate been for women in Hollywood? What is the climate in other industries? John Stewart says of comedy, comedy on its best day is not a great environment for women. To speak out was an act of bravery itself. That's true. I think that's very true. Comedy it's- is a tough spot for women to be in. I mean, and there are a lot of comedians. Like, I saw Tracy Morgan, his stand-up comedy before he had his accident. And, I mean, the... It was so degrading to women. I could like barely even sit through it. Yeah. I mean, it was really and and I was with other people who were um, who are not prudish, not nearly as prudish as me. Yeah. And they were like, whoa, that was bad. 
Yeah. It's kind of one of those, like, you, you know, it's it's such a fine line because there are comedians who are so foul and they make my face hurt. I know. I laugh so much. Because it can be funny. But it's usually because they're willing to, to, you know, poke fun at everybody. Yeah. And I think there's a huge difference between being willing to sort of punch up in all directions versus just picking something in particular and, and hammering on that. So, like, if you're only talking about women and yeah. like what's your issue with women or if the only thing you're talking about with women is sex yeah then exactly. what's your issue with women mm-hmm. right because then you're putting them in a place where essentially all you think that women are worth is sex and then that's sexist exactly and inappropriate yeah. um okay so viola davis she is praising rihanna for her uh her beauty line so it's called fenty beauty and what's cool is that Rihanna has really added a whole bunch of skin tones. And so it's launched at Sephora. And this has been a long battle in the makeup industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you are constantly seeing, if you are not a white woman or a light-skinned person, you do not necessarily always see your skin color reflected when it comes to makeup. Which oh, sure. is like, and it, it always drives me crazy when you see, um, like pantyhose and it's flesh colored, yeah, nude, nude, yeah. flesh colored, which is like, hello. How many different colors of flesh are there? Yeah. There's a lot. A and lot. flesh also is a gross word. Yes. That <laughs> so was nude. But Viola Davis says that she is so thrilled about Rihanna's line because she can get a base makeup that is exactly her skin tone. And uh, before that, she said she was always turning to mixing multiple shades in order to get the perfect color. She said, I always felt like I had to get something five shades lighter. And she could never make it happen. And uh, Viola Davis is just delighted. Isn't so, that weird? Like, you know, we have... 700 varieties of chips. Jeez. But women can't find, like, I mean. But flesh colored pantyhose yeah. come in nude? Yeah. Criminy Pete. I know. I'm with you. Okay, that's my dirt alert, friends. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, she's sticking around because she's co hosting the show today. Hey, we want to play our 30 second pop culture challenge when we come back. Want to play? 651 641 1071. Give us a call. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to win a prize? Are you ready with a wabbit? We're going to play a game. Yes, it's Colleen and Bradley. I'm joined today by Elizabeth Reese, who's in for Colleen. She'll be back tomorrow. It's time for the 30-second pop culture challenge. 30-second pop culture challenge. Five questions, 30 seconds. You can win a prize, but only at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. It is the 30-second pop culture challenge. And Ryan, who's playing today? And what are they playing for? We have Trish. You okay over there, honey? I am. I am. I was just, I missed the whole song. You you shortened that up a bit. We did. We did. That's okay. That's fine. Well, we are playing uh, for a uh, DVD. And the DVD is <laughs> nutty by nature. Nutty by nature. I know this from uh, my head. You're good. You're good. Nutty by nature. That's happening. We're giving that away. All right. If, if Trish wins. Trish, now you know how this works. The timer will begin after I ask the first question, okay? Yes. Now we're doing it a little differently this morning, so I'm going to give you an example. How lucky are you? We call this finish the phrase. So let me give you a question, and this is not the actual quiz yet, all right? Okay. Uh, if I asked you... In 2009, Bill Hader and Anna Ferris provided their voices for an animated comedy by the name of Cloudy with a blank. Chance of meatballs? Yes! <laughs> so that's how we're going to do this, okay. okay? All right. And again, the timer will begin after I ask the first question. Okay. Here we go. 
Whenever someone is voted off Survivor, the host says the tribe has made a decision. Nope. Keep guessing. The tribe has never watched the show. The tribe. You want to pass? Release pass. In the movie Evita, Madonna stands on a balcony singing, don't cry for me, Argentina. Dr. Seuss's most popular children's stories about an unappetizing food known as green. Ham and eggs. Green. Green ham, green ham and eggs. Are you sure? <laughs> Why am I not getting this? Oh, boy. Oh, oh God, no. Trish, you were so not close. <laughs> Ham and eggs. Green eggs and ham. Eggs and ham. <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to send you a copy of that book. You're I not dumb. It's just in the moment. It's a panic. It is panic. It was a panic. Thank you. Thank you so much for playing, Trish. Okay, Bye. can I can I do these with you, Elizabeth? Yeah, you can, please. I felt like, I hope this wasn't complicated. It no. made sense, right? Yeah, okay. it made sense. Let's do it again. It was, uh, just, it was just, when that music is playing. It's dun, stressful. Dun, dun, it's terrifying. All right. Do you want to do it, Elizabeth? Yeah, I do. Okay. So will you give her the music after I ask the first question? Oh, absolutely. All right. Here we go. You're going to start from the beginning? Yeah. Whenever someone is voted off Survivor, the host says the tribe has spoken. In the movie Evita, Madonna stands on a balcony singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Dr. Seuss' most popular children's stories about an unappetizing food known as green. Eggs and ham. According to the 1980 Queen song, another one's gone, then another one. Oh, bites the dust. On their final original studio album, the Beatles sang the following lyrics, speaking words of wisdom. Oh, let it be, let it be. Yes! Okay, good. That was pretty good. I didn't even look at those. You did a really good job. I was playing along. You don't get the DVD, though. What? Sorry. This is garbage. Uh, There's a Snickers bar and some M&M's in here. Can I get those? Yes, you can totally have those. Uh, okay, Elizabeth, what? one thing I know about you, because mm-hmm. this is my favorite thing to do when I get to co-host on Twin Cities Live. Eat? Eat. Eat. And you are a food lady. You're a food mama. Oh, man, I'm obsessed with food. I think about what I'm going to make for dinner all day long. So I have a feeling that you've got some opinions about what to eat around the holidays, specifically up next Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is it. Thanksgiving is the best holiday of the year. I firmly believe in having as many Thanksgiving dinners as you can possibly fit in. Did you know that the term Friendsgiving was really started back in 2007? I just read this whole USA Today article. It was a USA Today article about Friendsgiving yesterday. Okay. So Friendsgiving, people started talking about, about it about a decade ago. And of course, you know what it is. It's the idea of having Thanksgiving dinner with friends, but it's not usually on Thanksgiving. Yep. It's a like separate one. Yeah, it could be before, it could be like the day after, but it's a different kind of Thanksgiving. So in 2011, the Real Housewives of New Jersey, <laughs> there was an episode that aired called um, Gobble Fellas, and it featured uh, the Real Housewives hosting competing Friendsgivings. Oh, my God. And that is when USA Today says, this was in 2011, says that Friendsgiving was cemented into United States culture. I had no idea. That's according to USA Today. Now, people were also in our studio at Twin Cities Live yesterday. They were asking, well, didn't they have it in Friends? Uh, See, that's what I would have said. They did, but it wasn't really referred to as Friendsgiving. It was... Thanksgiving with friends. I don't think they actually referred to it as Friendsgiving in Friends. Yeah, it was just their Thanksgiving. I have a question to ask you. Um, Do you celebrate Friendsgiving? I already had one Friendsgiving. Excuse me? I had one Friendsgiving on Saturday night. 
at it, um, like, with Twin Cities Live viewers. It was so fun. It was a fabulous Friendsgiving. Usually then... With Twin Cities Live viewers? Yeah, we had it at Chenkaska Creek Ranch and Winery in Kosota, Minnesota. Oh my God. What? It was amazing. Then I generally have my friend Erin from high school hosts of Friendsgiving. She... She has hosted it for ten over 10 years. I think this is the 12th year. So it actually started as being referred to as mini Thanksgiving. Okay. Because it was even before Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving became a title. She's hosted it for that long at her house. She had to kick children out because it got too big because everybody was bringing their kids. And she was like, I'm up to 50 people. This is insane. And I said, boot the no kids. kids. Get a babysitter. Yeah. It'll be more fun anyway. Um, and she has it at her house. It's happening this Saturday. Unfortunately, I can't make it because I'm going to be out of town. But generally, I'm there. So, so before. Like before we're even a week out, you've already been to two Friendsgivings. Yep. And then generally, so every year up until last year when I had babies and things got complicated, but I promised I'm bringing this back next year, we would do a pre-Thanksgiving feast with the Twin Cities Live staff at my house. I do seem to remember photos from that We've done that many, many years. um, And as soon as I sell my tiny house, Bradley, and move into a giant monstrosity, which is going to happen in 2018, God willing, then I'm going to have that back. And then I do Thanksgiving with my family. And then generally we'll do a Thanksgiving with my husband's family. Can I just tell you as a... That's so great. It's so great. As a um, self-avowed introvert... The thought of going to five Thanksgiving celebrations gives me hives. Oh, please. Who cares? You just eat everything. You don't even have to talk well, to anybody. Well, that's what I want to know. So when I think of Friendsgiving, I always think of like, you know how, mm, I don't know if, if, if it's similar, but like whenever there's a holiday, the night before, uh, or I should say like, yeah, the, the night before, depending on the holiday, this is going to sound weird. Okay. Um, people, you know, everybody who's coming back in town will like head to the bar for sure. So you'll get to see all of the friends that you didn't get to see. Like, in Apple Valley, it's like rascals. Okay. Everybody goes to rascals. Like if you'd come home from college, they would be there the night before. And then, after yeah. So that. like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, everybody's out at the bar. Yeah. So that's like the closest thing I can relate. Cause I've never had like a Friendsgiving, before. but you should be instituting a Friendsgiving. It's really fun. And then people bring different Dishes that you don't normally get to have because otherwise at Thanksgiving you, you end do up like a full Thanksgiving meal. Full Thanksgiving meal. What I have done with um, the the mini Thanksgiving that I had for our Twin Cities Live staff, I would do rotisserie chickens <laughs> instead of hey, turkey look, no because we'd game. have it on a weeknight, yeah. and so we just pick up the chickens, have that, and then but then everybody would make sides and bring them, and then you just pop them in the oven, right? I mean that's sure. super easy, and I would make stovetop stuffing and oh call God. it a day. Oh um, but like my friends. Friendsgiving, my friend Erin, she generally does one full turkey and then turkey breasts in uh, roasters. And then so there's tons of turkey and there's tons of everything. And it's like the full Monty. And I always make Patti LaBelle's recipe for over the rainbow mac and cheese because I'm a big believer that the pilgrims had mac and cheese. I'm sure of this. And so we (laughs) should have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. And so I always bring it. Patty LaBelle's mac and cheese. Patty LaBelle's over the rainbow mac and cheese. Just Google over the rainbow mac and cheese. You'll find it if you're looking for the recipe or you can email me. I'll send it to you. Um, But it is so over the top good. And I make a double batch and bring it to my friend Aaron's house. And I know that all of the people that I only see once a year at her Thanksgiving are going to be distraught that I'm not going to be there with my mac and cheese. Aww. They don't care about me not being there. They care about the mac and cheese not being there. Um, Ryan, do you do a Friendsgiving? I did do one a couple weeks ago. Oh, fun. 
one it, already? It, you it did was, it in October? Yeah, I think so. Boy, you yeah. bold, bold bird. And it was my first one. It was my first Friendsgiving. And it's we, fun. We did the rotisserie chicken, and we went <laughs> to the lady friend's apartment. It was with all our roommates, and there was no tables or chairs. We all just sat on couch cushions so, on yeah, the floor. Yeah, it can be and, super cash. It's not stuffy. It's so interesting to me because like, I've done several sort of like orphan Thanksgivings before yeah. because I didn't grow up in Minnesota, so every year I never went home for Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. I'd always go home for, for Christmas, Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so typically I was like an orphan for Thanksgiving and people would like take me in and stuff like that. But <laughs> I've never done a, a Friendsgiving. We before. have often welcomed people who haven't been home, you know, for Thanksgiving at my parents' house, which I think is always so fun. I've even had Thanksgivings where I've had my in-laws and my parents too. Oh, and then wow. another fun thing that we do is, and we're doing this again this year. We did it last year. So we um, were making tortilla soup, my late mother-in-law's recipe for tortilla soup and we get tamales and we get all this amazing stuff from El Burrito and we do that on Saturday night at my brother and sister-in-law's house. We did it last year and we're going to do it again this year and kind of make it a tradition. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. To honor her and because by that time, frankly, everyone's sick of turkey and stuffing and you want something spicy. Well, you know, tamales is something traditionally we would have like on Christmas yeah. Eve in Houston. Uh-huh. Um, that's a pretty common thing. But when you're thinking about dishes for Thanksgiving, do and don't tell me what it is if you do. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mac and cheese. Okay. I said yeah. don't tell me if you do. Oh, <laughs> Because, Elizabeth, when we come back. I just ruined the no, whole thing. It's all thing. good. It's all good. But um, I, trust me, I'm, I'm going to be Googling that recipe in the break. But when we come back, you guys, I want you to call us with your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Ryan, do you what? have one? Don't tell me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't okay, ruin right, it right. like I did. I can listen, you know. hey oh. <laughs> Ryan, I have baby brain. She's got baby brain. I, I had a baby four months ago. What have you been doing lately? Exactly. Uh, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> mouths shut (laughs) and we'll be back here on the colleen and bradley show with your favorite thanksgiving dish give us a jingle 651-641-1071 welcome back to the colleen and bradley show we're talking thanksgiving dishes your favorite thanksgiving dish in fact join us 651-641-1071 i'm bradley trainer on the colleen and bradley show today with co-host Elizabeth Reese. Thanks for being with us. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, friend. And uh, you also came with a list of the most popular Thanksgiving dish from around the country. So while we're waiting for you to to weigh in and share your favorite Thanksgiving dishes, um, Elizabeth is going to give us a little rundown. Can I guess what the Minnesota one is? Because yes. I have not seen this. So there are a couple of different lists. And... Um, I have one. I have two different options for what Minnesota loves oh. the most. Okay, um, so this is all based on what we're googling in terms of our recipes. Oh. So one of them, um, one of the lists is coming from General Mills, and then another one is coming from Hay Needle. So let's go with the Hay Needle one first. So I what do you think? From Hay Needle. Oh, you did? How yeah, nice? They have a good deal and stuff. What do you think <laughs> that Minnesotans? are searching for the most when it comes to recipes. Uh, recipes for Thanksgiving. Yep. I bet it has something to do with stuffing. It's pumpkin pie. Oh, okay. Minnesotans, well, according to Hay Needle, 
are searching for, they went through the Google trends and they say that we are searching for pumpkin pie and we are not original because pumpkin pie topped the search list in 26 states. Wow. And then uh, in our neighbors in Wisconsin, they're searching most for a recipe for apple pie. Okay. Can I ask a really dumb question? Sure. Why would you need a recipe for pumpkin pie? Two reasons. Number one. Because it's boring and you're trying to find a better go, recipe. You go. With, okay. That's a fair point. <laughs> so I was going to say, A, I would go buy a pie. That's true. And B, because otherwise, it, isn't there just a recipe on the back of the Of the Libby's pumpkin. pumpkin? Libby's yeah. canned pumpkin. I'm sure there is. Like but plop this into a pie crust, stick it in the oven. You're done. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. On the. Uh, Do you make a pumpkin pie? No, I don't really. My mom always makes pies. And, you know, here's the thing. I like pie, but I don't really love pie crust. I really like the filling better. I only like graham cracker crust. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And so my yeah. mom will go to all this work of making pie crust from scratch. And then it's like, OK, here you go. I don't even think it's that exciting. Ryan, do you have a favorite pie? Uh, pumpkin. Oh, but a pe- pecan has been growing on me. As pecan. Of late. It, it, Wait, do you say pecan or pecan? I do pecan. Okay, I say pecan. Pecan. Pecan pie is the second most searched for recipe by state, according to Hayneedle. Okay, but according to General Mills, what do they say Minnesota is searching for the most? What's another, what's like a a Minnesota dish that would have to be on Thanksgiving table? Hot dish. Yes, but what kind? The one on the back of the cream of mushroom soup the green bean one green with bean the casserole yes yeah. you're totally right isn't it green bean casserole is what is searched for most and what was so interesting is that we were talking about this on twin cities live yesterday and it's fascinating how minnesota is known for calling casseroles hot dishes but not when it comes to green bean right? casserole you I would never say, say a never green say bean hot dish green bean hot dish you wouldn't say that no you would never you'd be laughed right out of your thanksgiving also please do me a favor and never get fancy with uh green bean casserole no oh. do get fancy no no. Yes. No, I Don't want. Don't use canned green yes. beans. No, they're so slimy. They're like little slimy, I slithery love it. worms. So good. I want it with so the good. cream no. mushroom soup and the dirty French onions on top. Well, obviously the dirty French onions are fantastic, but you think that you like it. You have a memory of liking it. If I presented you with a green bean casserole with canned green beans right now, I guarantee you, you, you would put it, it in your mouth and you'd be like, why God? Why? I don't think I would think that. You would. <laughs> yes, you would. You have this nostalgic memory of it. I do. With the canned green but beans. I am very basic when beans. it comes to Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, like whether it's you know the sweet potatoes, whether it's uh, the turkey and the stuffing. I just want like the thing. Okay. And I want to make little piles on my plate. Mm-hmm. I want to have that jellied cranberry sauce you do i do Mm -hmm. i'm really really but it's only thanksgiving because you know you you know i love to eat food and i love to get fancy with food even in my own house you do a little creepy no you're a fancy guy i get fancy with my food you like fancy food you like good eats but sometimes you just want that like nostalgic like like trashy food boiled vegetable experience No, okay. no one. I'm not selling. Ever wants you, a boiled vegetable experience? Did you grow up, or was your mom like a, a, an amazing cook, or did you grow up enough, eating boiled vegetables? Like I, I, did? Um, I, my mom is a really great cook, and my mom would cook regularly for us. My dad would like heat up. He would make like frozen raviolis and a bag of frozen vegetables for us for dinner. That being said, my dad always made Thanksgiving dinner, always. And uh, and he always makes really good Thanksgiving dinner. Huh. Yeah, my mom would make the sweet potatoes, which I hated until now. I love them. So other than the macaroni and cheese that you make, and by the way, uh, we'll make sure you get that recipe on our website. Uh, yeah, and I just tweeted it out too. But I also I just wanted to ask, like, other than that recipe, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish go to? Uh, sweet potatoes. Oh yeah. 
I love sweet potatoes. And my mom makes the ones from the old school Betty Crocker cookbook, which basically just involves like boiling the sweet potatoes and then putting them in a baking dish and then melting butter and brown sugar together and pouring it over it. I do not believe in marshmallows on (gasps) sweet potatoes. Okay, see, again, I feel like you and I can't go to the same Thanksgiving Well, we're going to have to have a different Friendsgiving for us. Because I will tell you, uh, I have a friend who makes, uh, who turned me on to what he calls a sweet potato souffle. I oh, really wouldn't call fancy. it a souffle because it's really it's got some eggs in it, but it's 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 essentially canned sweet potatoes Yum. Um, with brown sugar and butter yeah. and then um, lots of butter and brown sugar. And then it turns into like this sort of caramel crust on the top. And, oh, oh my see. God, so you good. know, and now that I'm saying that I don't like marshmallows, I'm remembering that TCL reporter Kelly Hansen makes this sweet potato Oh, maybe she doesn't put marshmallows. I think she does like a crumbly topping on it. It's I'm basically like pie. By the way, if you want sweet potatoes that just taste like pie, that's it's like this is I'll have this on the side, but it's really like eating pie. Go to Revival. Their no. sweet potatoes are ridiculous. I just, I just yes, you're there. absolutely right. I just went there uh, two I was days just, ago. Oh, Thursday. I was just there last Saturday. On Thursday. Ryan, it was phenomenal. what is your go-to Thanksgiving uh, dish? The casserole, the green bean casserole. That's and I you like the with the, the um, slimy, canned, wormy, yes, canned, canned green beans. Canned, slimy, wormy, cut, green, and then guys, the processed beans. onions and just the soup in there. Just, don't you just want to eat them all out uh, of the the jar or the? Container? I don't know why I don't buy those onions as a snack. There's nothing that those onions are just like a chip. Onions, yeah. They're so good. Yummy. I, know, I think I my those. favorite Thanksgiving go-to, like yeah. if I could only have one thing off the Thanksgiving list. Is? Oh, God. Oh, God. So hard. Um, mashed potatoes? Stuffing? I wanted to say mashed potatoes and gravy because my favorite thing is to dump, like, you mm. know, make the little pool and you stick the gravy in and put oh, some butter on top. Gravy. So good. And I don't eat mashed potatoes during the year anymore. You so, should. Yeah. You're missing out on a lot of sure. joy. Speaking of joy, we're going to rob the joy uh, from this next uh, segment. Oh, boy. We've got to talk about a sexual assault allegation I'm actually excited about. Oh, jeez. We'll tell you why when we come back. (laughs)